I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 44, Receive His Fullness, Studying Doctrine and Covenants, section 93. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come follow me study for busy moms. I'm Donica Contour, your host. I'm a mom of four kids, wife of a high school theater teacher, and my favorite show to binge watch is Murder, She Wrote. So you may have noticed that this week I didn't have a little reel to kind of go along with my um, podcast like I usually do on Instagram. And that's because my phone right now is full of videos of my small, adorable, tiny children. Um, And so I'm downloading them all right now, but this is also the only time I can sit down and do this podcast um, and record or record this episode. And so there is no video this week. Um, We just have, we just have whatever it is that I came up with posting. (laughs) So there's that. Um, Okay. So let's jump in to Doctrine and Covenants 93. This is a good one. I really like this one. Um, There's a couple of verses I really want to look at. Let's start with just verse 1 through 3. And it says, Verily thus saith the Lord, it shall come to pass that every soul who forsaketh his sins and cometh unto me and calleth on my name and obeyeth my voice and keepeth my commandments shall see my face and know that I am and that I am true, the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world and that I am in the father and the father in me and the father and I are one. So this is Christ speaking, right? And I love this scripture because I love the idea. Like, okay, first of all, let's take a look at the word forsake for a second. We'll bust out my old buddy, the OED, right? Obviously forsake is a verb. Um, chiefly literary, it means to abandon or to leave, right? So, um, the old English, its origin is old English for, it's a forsaken, renounce or refuse. So let's take into consideration to renounce or refuse to abandon or leave your sins. Like that feels like a pretty good thing to do with sins, doesn't it? (laughs) Like, um, I remember hearing somebody talk about doing a, uh, a kind of a, um, what's it called where you do a lesson and an object lesson. That's what it's called where, um, I think it was like for a girl's camp or something like that, where she had all of the girls pick up a rock and put it in their backpacks and on this hike. Right. And every time there's like, Oh, look, there's another rock. Let's pick up rocks and put them in our backpacks. And she kept having them do that until they get to the top. Um, and it's like, Oh man, how, who's got like a really heavy backpack. And of course all of the girls have these backpacks full of rocks, you know, Um, and, uh, and so all of the girls are like, man, this is super heavy and it's really hard hiking with these heavy backpacks. And the whole lesson was we don't have to hike with heavy backpacks, right? We can forsake our sins. We don't have to carry them around with us, but we need to be willing to give them up. And it's so funny because logically we know that that's the smartest thing that we can do. Logically, we don't want to walk around with a backpack full of rocks, but, forsaking our sins sometimes means doing things that will be considered unpopular, or it sometimes means doing things 
that um, leaving things behind that we consider not necessarily a part of ourselves, but like their coping mechanisms or their, um, you know, these habits that we've built or whatever it is that it is, we have a hard time living life without it because our brains are designed to not want to change things, right? Like this thing has been working. This has been keeping us alive so far. Don't break, like, don't mess with a good thing, right? Don't break it if it ain't, or don't fix it if it ain't broke, right? <laughs> um, but it is broken. So let's, um, let's look at this, right? So he who forsaketh, uh, every soul who forsaketh his sins and cometh unto me, right? So leave your sins behind, come to me. And I like to picture this, like I'm very, um, what's the word? I like, I'm, I like images, right? I like to be able, I'm very visual. That's the word I want. And so I like to create like a mental picture of like, what does this look like? So I like to picture, um, a mountain, right? We're climbing on the top of this mountain, right? We've got our backpack full of rocks and we get to the peak and at the very top of the mountain, or it necessarily doesn't even necessarily have to be at the top of the mountain, but it just be a part of the mountain in order to get to the next part of the mountain, we have to raise ourselves up to this ledge, but we can't quite reach it. And we definitely can't do it with our backpack full of sins. So we have to let go of the backpack and Christ is sitting there and he's on that precipice, right? He's sitting there waiting for us. He's got his hand reaching down and he's like, Hey, you just put the backpack down and come here. Right. And so we get over there. So you forsake your sins. You cometh unto me, you go over to, to the edge and calleth on my name. And so he said, and so he can see, I don't know if you guys have ever done this where depending on where you're standing, I remember there's this one hike we went on, um, when I was in young women's in uh, Hawaii, where if you were standing at the top, you could look down and you could see the pathway, right? But if you were standing at the bottom, it was really hard to see the pathway. And so people would tell you, oh, go more to your left, go more to your right, you know, whatever, because they could see things that you couldn't see. Um, I've likened this kind of to coaching before, right, where um, a football coach or a water, polo, a water polo coach, they can stand over the field or the pool or whatever it is. I feel like this is more applicable with water polo, um, but they can see the entire field. They can see the entire pool. They can see all the players. They can see everything happening. Whereas as a player down in the water, you can only see so much. You can't obviously see what's going on behind you. Um, and you're usually distracted by other players jostling you around and other stuff. We just finished. We're just finishing the Olympics. Um, and so I've been watching a lot of water polo. It's been so great. But anyway, I think about it like this, where Heavenly Father... Um, and Christ are looking down on us and they're saying, listen, you have to let go of the sins. They're weighing you down. You can't, you can't keep going. If you are, if you're holding on to those sins, you have to come towards me, call on my name. So I know when you're here, like, let me know when you're here, right? Call on my name, obeyeth my voice. I'm going to tell you how to get to me. And that's that you listen, just do what I'm asking you to do. And you're going to get to me. Um, and keepeth my commandments, right? And though it's part of obeying my voice 
And everybody who does that shall see my face and know that I am. And I just love that, right? Like, I just feel like sometimes um, there's there are these moments in my life where I feel like I've seen the face of God. Not like literally, but where I've known that unconditional, overwhelming love. And it's been so strong and so powerful and so all-consuming that I'm like, this is what it must be like, or like a fraction of what it must be like to be with God, to feel that love uh, just completely encompass you. And I love this idea that when we break it down, right, what do we need to do? We need to drop our backpack full of rocks, come unto Christ, calleth his name, and then listen to him, right? Um, my kids do this all the time to me where they will ask me for something. Like, Mom, I need your help with this thing. And so I'm like, okay. So I'm trying to help them, but then they're not listening to anything that I'm saying. Um, Edmund did this the other night where he, we were heading out and he couldn't find his shoes and he was losing his crap because he's almost three. He's, he'll be three in October. He's a two-year-old and, uh, he's looking for his shoes and I can see his shoes. Right. And so I'm like, Edmund, did you look downstairs? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, are you sure? Like they're literally right in front of me. Like, Edmund, come, come here, buddy. I've got your shoes. No, I can't find my shoes. I'm like, they're right here. Like, Edmund, come downstairs. They're right here. And no, I can't find them. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't know what, like, come get your dang shoes, you know? <laughs> and so I think sometimes um, Heavenly Father's obviously nicer than I am because he's a perfect father and probably doesn't get as frustrated with us as I get with my children. Um, but hot dang, sometimes it's hard being a parent. So let's actually move um, to the next section of scripture that I want to talk about. This is in Doctrine and Covenants section 93 verses 9 and 10. And I just love, it really clears up for anybody um, the point, right, of Christ. Like, why is Christ so invested in our lives? And this, because the light and the redeemer of the world, the spirit of truth who came into the world because the world was made by him and in him was the life of men and the light of men. The worlds were made by him. Men were made by him. All things were made by him and through him and of him. Right? Like it's the same reason why as parents, we're so invested in our children's lives. We're invested in making sure that they have the things that they need, that we teach them the things that we feel like they need to know, that we try and get them on the path as best as we can to a good solid life where they can make good choices and, you know, find good spouses and get happy marriages and raise good babies and all the things, right? It's the same reason. It's because we love them and we made them and we're invested in them and we care about them. And it's the same reason with Christ. And then the one last thing I definitely 100% want to touch on, um, is this, and I think sometimes we forget this. This is, uh, again, 93. And then this is verses 12 through 14. And I'm just going to read them again. So, and I, John, saw that he, 
talking about Christ, he received not the full of the fullness at first, but received grace for grace. And he received not of the fullness at first, but continued from grace to grace until he received a fullness. And thus he was called the Son of God, because he received not of the fullness at first. So what this translates to, if you're like, I don't understand what you're talking about, Donica, is John is talking about Christ, and he is saying that Christ did not... He was not born into this world as a teeny tiny little baby, knowing he was the savior, knowing everything about God and the plan and people and how to make good choices and everything all from day one, right? He didn't, he wasn't born to the earth with the knowledge of an adult Christ as a baby. Does that make sense? He learned it grace for grace, right? He learned it line upon line, precept upon precept, a little at a time, just like we do. Um, and I like to think about it as his mind was opened up a little bit at a time until he saw, because I feel like at one point there was like two-year-old Jesus Christ playing with sticks and rocks like every two-year-old boy does. And then at some point, holding these sticks and rocks, he realized, I created these. Like, these sticks and rocks exist because of me. Like, cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he didn't say cool. Um, they probably didn't have a word for that in Hebrew a gajillion years ago, but maybe they did. I don't know. And so I just love this idea that I think sometimes we feel like we're supposed to know it all. We're supposed to, or we learn something right? We figure something out and we go, oh, if only I would have known this then, right? Um, for a long time, I beat myself up about choices I made as a teenager being like, oh, I wish I would have paid more attention. I wish I would have known now what I knew then and I could have chose things differently. Um, but the reality is it doesn't work that way. You, you don't get to know things now and then send the knowledge back into the past because you know things exactly when you're supposed to know them right? Even if we know things intellectually and still make choices um, that kind of defy that logic, it means that we don't know it emotionally. We don't know it in our hearts. We know it like, oh yeah, sure, like I shouldn't speed, but until you actually get into a bad accident or until you get a ticket, you don't necessarily always put that into like your day-to-day -day activities of when you're driving your car, right? Um, Okay, and then um, I love 40, um, 33 and 38, 26 through 30. Like, there's just the whole um, section is super, super good. Um, but I wanted to talk about this one. Um, so, okay, funny story a little bit. Typically, the way that I do my podcast, the way I study for my podcast, is I read all the scriptures first, and then I go into the Come Follow Me. I read the Come Follow Me, highlight anything that kind of stands out there, and then I go back through the Come Follow Me and read all of the extra stuff. Um, and so I read the extra scriptures that they suggest. I read the extra talks that they suggest. Um, and this time, while I was reading the extra talk, I clicked on it so I could read it later, and somehow, as I was like turning my phone off, I swiped it to one side. So I actually ended up reading 
the wrong talk, so to speak, right? Um, but this one just stuck out to me. Like I read my way through this. I was like, oh, this was so good. Um, and it, it ended up working out really well. So we're going to talk a little bit about To Whom Shall We Go by M. Russell Ballard from October 2016 General Conference. The talk I was supposed to read was The Blessings of Worship by Bishop Dean M. Davies from also October 2016, um, which is also super good. I did end up reading both of them, but this is the one, To Whom Shall We Go, is the one that I really wanted to focus on because this is the thing that stood out to me the most and felt to me the most that this is what I needed to share today. And so this is what I'm going to kind of finish with. Um, so Elder Ballard says, brothers and sisters, accepting and living the gospel of Christ can be challenging. It has always been thus, and it ever will be. Life can be like hikers ascending a steep and arduous trail. It is a natural and normal thing to occasionally pause on the path to catch our breath, to recalculate our bearings, to reconsider our pace. Not everyone needs to pause on the path. But there is nothing wrong with doing so when your circumstances require. In fact, it can be a positive thing for those who take full advantage of the opportunity to refresh themselves with the living water of the gospel of Christ. The danger comes when someone chooses to wander from the path that leads to the tree of life. Sometimes we can learn, study, and know. And sometimes we have to believe, trust, and hope. And I feel like there's been a lot of times in my life where I've had to, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is I'm supposed to do. So I walk by faith. Um, there's a song, and I've talked about this before. There's a song that we learned in Young Women's. Um, I think it's just called I, walk, I Will Walk by Faith or I Walk by Faith or something like that. Um, and it was one that carried me through and still does carry me through a lot of my trials where everything seems really big and overwhelming. And there's all these things I don't know and all these questions I don't have answers to. And I kind of have to be like, okay, this is the time that we walk by faith. This is the time that I believe and I trust and I hope in the things that I do know. Like I do know that Christ is real. I do know that Heavenly Father is there and he loves me and he knows me. Without a doubt, I know those two things. And so maybe I don't understand this particular part of church doctrine, or maybe I don't understand this part of the Red Handbook, or I don't understand why this or why that, or all these other things. And sometimes it's really helpful for me to remember, I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to know all the things Sometimes I can walk by faith knowing that Heavenly Father and Christ will lead me and guide me in the direction that they want me to go and that I can trust them to always keep me where I'm supposed to be going. So I will talk to you next week.